Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is SeedPod, a new series from Completely Arbitrary, where we sit down and converse with tree-related people. Maybe we'll play a game, maybe we'll draw a picture together or whittle a spoon, but no matter what, it's always a pleasant chat with someone who loves trees. This week we bring you local Portland tree legend Phyllis Reynolds. She's a photographer, tree activist, and author of Trees of Greater Portland, among other books. Also, she's an original member of the Portland Heritage Tree Committee. You're about to hear part of our conversation with Phyllis, but if you're a Tremium member, you will have access to the uncut video versions of these conversations. If you're not already a Tremium member, head over to arbitrarypod.supercast.com or click the link in the description to support the show. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Yeah, if you would, Phyllis, could you introduce yourself? And if you're uh, willing to tell us how old you are. (laughs) I'm Phyllis Reynolds, and I am, let's see, 94 and a half. 94 and a half. Is your half birthday in uh, January? Uh, no, December. So I'm oh, a little so, yeah. over. <laughs> so you're a little over half. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy half birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, and the second thing is, so I, uh, I'm Casey Clapp. We've met before. You obviously have met Alex Croson, my co-host with the podcast. And, uh, so when we were driving up, uh, Alex is like, well, what are we going to, what are we going to talk about? And we didn't really say, you know, I, I said, oh, well, it's Phyllis Reynolds. She's famous and all these things. <laughs> and then, uh, he asked, well, what did, what did, what does she do? And I was like, you know, actually I know she's written books, but I'm not actually sure. 
So I also wanted to see if you would be willing to regale us what you what you have done because you don't work uh, anymore, as far as I know, uh, at least in terms of uh, professionally. I'm not gamefully employed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, us neither. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're you, maybe you could argue employed gamefully. Yeah, you've gone right, too right. far. There's no gamefully for me. <laughs> yeah. So what is it that you uh, that you used to do, or what do you do now? What? Well, I. I used to do, at one time, I was a shrink. Mm -hmm. I was a uh, clinical psychologist at the University of Minnesota. Oh, wow. And I was on the faculty of the uh, medical school there. Mm -hmm. I am from Portland. Yeah. And I am a native, but we lived, my husband and I lived in Minnesota for 20 years. Mm. And uh, he was on the faculty also. So I... Became a shrink at the uh, student health service gotcha. at the university, which I liked. And then we decided we didn't want to die in Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> and so we moved, we moved back to Portland, uh-huh. where our parents were. Okay. I tried private practice here, didn't like it very well. Hmm. And then I very slowly... Kind of got into no. I was an artist actually. I was a professional artist. I had, was showed in galleries all over. I was a printmaker. Really, printmaking? Yeah. No kidding. Uh, etching, monotypes, etc. Really? Yeah. That is seem for me like. I've always imagined etching. I have a lot of like older books where uh, etching was like the standard of the time, mm-hmm. and I'm always like, how did how do people do this in such like detail? I had no idea you did etching. Yeah. Well, there are etchings and there are etchings. There's etchings in copper Uh uh, where you dig into it and so forth. And then there's etchings that I did on zinc, which you use an acid to eat out the groove that you put the ink in, etc. But I did that until, um, I can't remember the year, but the small galleries around everywhere, Mm -hmm. the state... And I showed in California a little bit too, and Washington. They mm. all kind of collapsed. The really? business went down the tube. Yeah. Mm. And so I stopped being a, an etcher because why make umpteen dozen prints of something that you're not going to yeah, sell? Yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. What, so, kind of, what kind of things did you etch? Like what were your sort of subjects that you really were drawn toward? Well, uh, a lot of things. I mean, I was pretty much straightforward, but then I liked monoprints a lot, which mm-hmm. is just one thing on a on a uh, piece of metal. Okay. And uh, I got more excited about that and mm. did kind of uh, abstract things. Mm. I really like that. I've got stuff around here somewhere. I did a lot, and yeah. then then I stopped doing that. And about that time was when I first got interested in trees. Uh-huh. Robbie Robinson, who was affiliated with the city, who did a whole lot about trees in parks and yeah. the city, uh, gave me a list of trees in the city that he thought they were important trees. Yeah. And so I and my co-author at the time... Uh, went around and looked at these trees, and we mm-hmm. discovered a whole lot of them were gone. Yeah. Mm. And so we decided we would write a book. 
maybe a book would save a few trees. Yeah. I'm not sure it did, but... I love the irony of that, you know? <laughs> write, write a book to save trees. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so, anyway, we did. It, and then she died before the book was written. Mm. And uh, so I wrote the book and did all the photographs, did all the measuring and, and so on. And this is Trees of Greater Portland, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. The one, uh, 1993 one. 1993, yeah. Then I got into photography. I'm thinking chronologically here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I got into photography, and I kind of like that, because the uh, single-lens reflex cameras came out. Okay. Yeah. Alex, do you know about this? I don't know anything about this kind of camera. Casey, when we say DSLR or SLR, that's single lens reflex. Oh. SLR. Right. Ah, Okay. All right. Right. Thank you. I I know know them as DSLR because I, you know. Now it's digital. That's when I got into photography. I see. Well, yeah. And I started out on that. That was great. Yeah. And it was, you know, you could use the computer and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And then iPhones came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I no longer have a, an SLR camera. But I did a lot of photography and had shows and, and uh, so forth. And I'm a member of the Portland Garden Club, mm-hmm. which uh, I was head of photography of the uh, group there that was doing photography, okay. et cetera. Yeah. I started it, actually. That was good. Well, I still do photography, but I don't do anything mm. uh, professional. Yeah, gotcha. Because uh, I've got my iPhone in my pocket. <laughs> so you're a photographer <laughs> wherever you go. Yeah. Well, that's uh, so. Th- I think when I first came across your name, because I I also grew up just here in Portland, technically Milwaukee, and then went around uh, to the East Coast and went up to Seattle to do work, and then came back down to Portland. And when I got down to Portland, um, I ran across your book. It was actually in a Goodwill, so someone had bought it, and then oh. I found it again. And I was like, "Trees of Greater Portland." This is exactly the book that I that I want. This is great. Yeah. Good find. It was a great find. I still to this day am like kind of stunned that I found it. I don't think I've ever seen like a local. <laughs> regional kind of guy mm. and goodwill. Um, but I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know you had existed before that. And then I in- ended up getting a job at the city of Portland as an inspector. And your name just kind of was, a- was ephemeral. It just came up all the time. <laughs> where someone would bring it up and say, oh, Phyllis Reynolds. And then I'd you'd see an email or see a response, you know, oh, from Phyllis Reynolds. Like, oh, Phyllis reached out. And I was like, who is this? Who is this person? <laughs> and I ended you know, up- You know, it's funny, Casey. That's sort of how our relationship was in the beginning in high school. Oh. I knew of Casey. He was always the subject of everybody's wildest stories. <laughs> yeah. See? Wow, great. He was this, this is Paul Bunyan figure out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Alex. I'm glad to be in such a nice company. <laughs> well, we, uh, so I ended up, I hear, heard your name all the time. And then, like, people would just, uh, they would tell it. And I have to say, whenever I would say, well, who is Phyllis Reynolds? They would usually respond, like, oh, you don't know Phyllis Reynolds. <laughs> and so you got you had uh, this reputation of being um, like a a very intense protector of trees. Like you spoke out for trees mm-hmm. a lot. And then I learned when I talked with you a couple weeks ago that you were very integral in starting the Heritage Tree, uh, either the committee or the, the program with the city. Is that is that true? I didn't start it. Yeah. Jane Glazer started it. Kevin Hillary and I were original members of her committee. Yeah. Mm. And Glenn, uh, Jane didn't know much about trees. Mm-hmm. She was 
adamant about saving them, but yeah. she her knowledge of trees. And so she formed this committee with Kevin and me and a couple of other arborists and so forth. And uh, we would go around and look at trees and say, yes, that should be a heritage tree. Mm -hmm. And then the whole pro And then Jane um, quit after, I don't know, four years or something. I became head of the Heritage Tree Committee. Gotcha. At that point, Kevin was still on my committee. Mm -hmm. And uh, I continued that for some time until I got very pissed by uh, the Portland ombudsman who mm. made a decision about heritage trees that they had to, to, to make a heritage tree. Mm -hmm. All of the neighbors where any route might go had to sign that they agreed. Really? Yes. So what was the rule initially before that? How did you there guys was make no heritage rule. tree? It was just the, you know, the, the owner of the trunk yeah. and so forth okay. uh, uh, was the one who signed so the if thing. So if it's on your property, yeah. you could say, I yeah. deem, I, I agree that this. And they yeah. would just sign a paper, essentially. Yes. Mm. And unfortunately, it didn't go on to a deed or anything like that. Yeah, that's that right. Yeah. I think it does now. It does, yeah. Since 2015, that was a big yeah. move that the city had to do. Do you have any particularly, uh, particularly strong memories of trees that you worked really hard for that yeah. you won and the tree stayed or that it, it you know... Somebody got the rights to cut it down. It was like a heartbreaker. Casey is all the time <laughs> showing up to work going, I can't believe they're going to take that tree down on, on so-and-so and 45th. Yeah. And um, yeah, any anything? Well, the maybe? biggest one comes to my mind is the Overlook Oak. Yeah. That is totally threatened by development. Mm. And we fought and fought and fought and everything uh, about it. He... The guy who wants to develop it won. Mm -hmm. So this poor tree that uh, is about 150, no, yeah, well, it, at least 150. At years. least 150, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. because there's one, there's a, an oak. This is a Gary Oak. There's a Gary Oak in Newburgh, mm -hmm. which is on the Oregon list. Yeah, and Oregon Heritage Tree List. That planting of the acorn is known uh, the date oh really wow. so that and it's the same size as the one in overlook gotcha okay. so okay. that's so you can do a pretty yeah, good comparison you there. can you can yeah and this tree in overlook has lived its life in luxury and suddenly it's going to get its roots cut its branches cut and it'll die Probably in about 12 years. Okay. Wow. And that's very sad to me. Yeah. And that's been set in motion. That's happening for sure. That's happening. The wow. guy owns He hasn't developed it yet, mm -hmm. but he's owns the land. He's got it platted and so forth. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, initially, uh, they were going to try it, Alex, to put three houses right next to this tree. Yeah. And... Uh, Put a the branches come all the way down to the ground. It's fifty four inches in diameter, so it's a gigantic tree. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, most people could lay down inside the cross section of the tree and not actually get outside of the bark. That's mm. how big it is. 
and with uh, their arms outstretched like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it used to be uh, that they were going to put three houses right up next to it, yeah. and they would have had to cut branches, which is yeah. not allowed per the law. Mm-hmm. It's so, a heritage tree. It's a heritage yeah. tree. Yeah. Did you did you uh, sign off on that one on the Overlook Oak being a heritage tree? I got it to be a heritage tree. Really? I talked to, yes, a woman named Mrs. Benson owned the house that is on the property. She owned all of the property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was getting on, and she decided she wanted to save the tree. The best way she knew of was to make it a heritage tree. So I visited her, and we talked, and she was a nice person and so forth, and she Signs. She she was, she was delighted mm. the tree was going to get saved. Yeah, and then she did croak, die. Her son got the land mm-hmm. and sold it to a developer. Yeah. Wow. And that's what happens. Yeah. Well, the good news is, at the minimum, they went from those three houses to just two houses and pulled them back. Yeah. So it's at least it's not as bad as it was because I was work, working for the city. Um, that's another one of those instances when your name came up, um, along with Kevin's and a lot of other arborists, um, because that was a case that I had, but then I quit the city before it moved through kind of a second round. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very curious to see, uh, with your 12 years, I'm going to remember this and see, I'm going to keep an eye on it. And it's a, it's a tree that is exceptional in every regard. And I think um, that ideally with the two houses kind of move further away and not that third house, I'm hoping not to be, uh, not to be against you, but I'm hoping you're wrong that it's going to last more. <laughs> so we'll keep an eye on it. Well, the roots, the roots we know yeah. how far the roots go. That's right. And we know what the ends of the roots are important mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. gathering nutrients. It's all nutrients. Mm-hmm. Those it's all ends. Water. And those ends are going to get cut off. Yeah. That's the bottom line. It really is, yeah. And so I, I really think the tree won't die overnight. No, no, no. Yeah, it'll be the, it'll the slow kind of decline. Slowly decline. Well, so mm. in that regard, one thing I also was curious about is that you started really looking at trees in the city. In you said ninety three was when you put out the mm-hmm. trees of Greater Portland. So ostensibly in the late eighties, you were you were in it, looking around, starting to you know yeah, get involved right. with the city's right. trees. So is there anything that you like look back on and you're just like like how has the city changed, I guess, in terms of urban forestry? Well, the the arborist, no, what was it called? The city... Yeah, city foresters, what is it? City forester, yeah. yeah. Was a guy who, he was a nice guy, but I ended up not agreeing with him a lot. Uh-huh. And he cut down trees that I think he shouldn't have mm-hmm. and so forth. And so I was very glad when he, whatever he did, retired or... Something or other. Yeah. 1993 is about the time that uh, Friends of Trees started. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was a move kind of at that time of making sure that Portland had trees. Mm-hmm. Joe Paraski down at the uh, uni- uh, Portland State, who was head of geography down there, mm-hmm. was a big pusher for canopy yeah, uh, yeah. S- saving. Ugh, and he was head of the commission for yeah. for Portland. Yeah, because this is right now, we call it the Urban Forestry Commission yeah. now. And essentially it had another, it was the same group, but it was kind of more unofficial, I guess, back then. No, now it's no, it, it was, was official? quite official. Okay, we, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we were official enough to hear complaints that people had mm-hmm. if 
the city forester said, no, you can't cut that down, they could come to us and say, well, my case is I need to cut this tree down, and Mm -hmm. we would make the final decision. So you could overrule the city forester? Yes, yes, we could. Uh, Wow, nice. Now that's power. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever ever feel like you're sitting on a throne just waiting for people to come to you? (laughs) No, you know, it didn't happen that much, but people did come. My neighbor... My right across the street came. Really? He had a huge, well, I counted the rings, 70-year-old Doug fir. Wow, mm. huge, but only 70. So that's like a young tree in terms of Doug's fir. Well, this was all logged in 1950. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so he wanted to cut it down because it was right in the middle of his driveway. Mm. And I was opposed to his cutting it down because it was a beautiful tree. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. it was a living, beautiful Doug fir. Yeah. But the commission voted to let him cut it down, and it got mm. cut down. Yeah, that's yeah. how I could count the. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Uh. We kind of uh, we we knew how that story was going to end. Yeah, yeah. How's that? How's that driveway now? You like that? Is it a good looking driveway? <laughs> no, no. It it goes. All of the houses over there go. It it slopes way down. Yeah. I constantly have said to myself, nobody moves to Portland. Nobody stays in Portland because we have such beautiful driveways. Our driveways are so spectacular. <laughs> like it, it, I I say this to myself all the time, yeah. and I've yet to say it to an engineer somewhere. But I I always am like. Why are we cutting down all these things that are like, that's the reason. Like everyone thinks of Oregon and Portland and the Pacific Northwest is like trees. That's what they Mm. think of. So whenever we end up uh, cutting down a big, beautiful tree for something as innocuous as a driveway, I'm like, can't you just move the driveway? And like 90% of the time you can. So it's always, uh, that's I think one of my biggest frustrations. Yeah. Do you think you would make a book called Driveways of Greater Portland? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different types of concrete. Well, I, I also think there there is something about some men, and I think it's only men, who kind of feel they own the world. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, on their property, they own everything. And they can cut it down if they want. It's yeah. kind of a power thing yeah i am not surprised to hear like that they want to do it just because they can yes. i own this tree yeah. i can cut it down and they do totally and i don't think women do that <laughs> i think you're right yeah we've actually run into that a few times uh just doing different stories for the podcast and talking about the role of the the term i learned about in college is ecofeminism, where there's this active kind of line of philosophy that is exactly that, where there is this this philosophical difference, even going down to language and culture about men and women's interactions with trees. Mm-hmm. And even the, the land in terms of like mother nature and like language that is used about how it's destroyed. Like, oh, you raped this, you know, piece of mm-hmm. land. And it's very much a, you know, rapes are usually a one directional kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things. I, I think you're, you're spot on with that kind of well, that idea. Bottom line, I think it's testosterone. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't, I really do think that there's a hormonal thing that gets men, uh, into that. Yeah. I mean, fighting wars, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing. This dominance kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I can I can imagine that in in the thirty or like what? Yeah, I guess it's thirty years now since you came out that book. So forty mm-hmm. years. When did you move back to Portland? Actually, from Minnesota. We moved back in nineteen seventy seven. Okay, yes, that's a that's a significant amount of time to be able to look around and think, like watch watch the whole city change. Yeah. Like in the seventies, Portland. What was it like? Do you uh, do you have decent memories of of all the the great fun that was there? We live. We moved to this house, and we've lived here. We lived here all the time. Wow. I grew up on Arlington Heights. Okay, gotcha. And I grew up about a thousand feet from the arboretum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, just and, down the street. Uh, so I would back in the early forties walk in the arboretum mm. a lot. Wow. And uh, it was quite young then. I was going to say it was only twenty years old around that right, time. Right. Yeah. And I rode horses in the Arboretum. You rode horses in the Arboretum. <laughs> yeah, there was a riding academy down in Sylvan. Yeah. There were bridle paths because there were no houses over there, so there mm. were bridle paths all the way up. And then we'd just go down the street, go to the Arboretum, and ride horses, which was not legal at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but we did it. Hey, it now, was fun, though, we'll, right? B- we'll bleep this out. I don't want you to incriminate yourself <laughs> at this age. Yeah, I don't think that's what you need right now. <laughs> you don't want the equestrian people coming after you. They, they, no. they always do, yeah. And ironically, it would be a horse cop. That would come. So, you know it. Well, a lot of people around here had horses. Yeah, you know? I can imagine, so, yeah. They had stables right down on the street and so wow. forth. And right down here, uh, yeah. Yeah. So what was the Arboretum like back then? Well, yeah, and it was... Uh, you know, who knew about trees? I mean, who knew that these were exotic trees? Yeah. Mm. There were no labels on them back then, I don't think. Yeah. And it was just a place to walk. Mm-hmm. For, I would say, 75% of the people today, it's a place to it walk. It is just a place to walk. They don't yeah. give a hoot about trees. Yeah, yeah. Walk your dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's close, et cetera. That's okay if your dog is on a leash. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Alex would agree with you Well, this is Portland. There are a few dogs on leashes yeah, in this Yeah, city. yeah, yeah. It was a nice place. And when we rode horses there, there's a flat place where the road, where Fisher Lane now goes, mm-hmm. which is kind of flat right before you get to Burnside. Yeah. And we used to race the horses <laughs> really? on that flat spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was this before it was paved or was it paved at the time? I no, imagine. it wasn't paved. Yeah, that would be kind of a scary thing to have horses just like sprinting down a, yeah. a paved road. Fisher Lane wasn't, didn't exist then. Really? Okay, it was just that area. It was just like yeah. a path maybe. right. It wow. was just flat. Mm. And I can't, I should know when Fisher Lane was put in but i can't remember yeah. uh but it wasn't then there weren't roads there were and ernie fisher was he was very good is that fisher lane is named after ernie yeah gotcha okay yeah and he did an awful lot of planting and stuff and right so yeah. it didn't look like it does now that's for sure yeah mm. and i used to get i was taking uh, i went a year to lincoln high school mm-hmm. and biology there and I so I would go into the arboretum and collect samples of things really that's so great. right down the streets your backyard you yeah know. right <laughs> now again we're not going to tell the arboretum that you were taking things <laughs> clippings from just to be clear this is a safe this is a safe podcast <laughs> Uh, 
Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Your, the famous other thing I've brought up a few times is your book, uh, which is Trees of Greater Portland. So you went to each one of these trees. Do you remember how many you have in the book? Uh, or either edition, because you have two editions now. Now, oh, goodness. It's written in the book, but I can't remember. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I've read it. I just went straight to the actual trees, when because uh, I'm writing yeah. my own book right now in uh, in your kind of style, I guess, about the trees of the Pacific Northwest a little broadly. And But I've been going to each one of yours, and just the way you got that list from the old city forester, several of these trees have also been cut down now that yeah. I've gone to. Mm. And some of them, like there's American chestnuts, they got removed, but yes. they had the blight, you know, it was, yeah. it was an, a matter of time. But others, they've, they're just, they've disappeared. Like I would go to it and I would use it all the time, but it's, it's just interesting to see and to hear that it was different or the same, you've had the same experience essentially. Uh, getting this list and finding they're gone, trying to protect them and kind of open people's eyes to these trees and things. So I'm I'm curious what your experience was like going and finding all of these incredible trees in Portland because even the ones that exist still today, they're like they're stunning. It's I like yeah. some of them. I'm like, how did you find these trees? I know. You know. Well, one thing I found a lot of the trees. Well, people told me about. Lots of the trees. Mm-hmm. I also just cruised Portland. Yeah. I would mm. drive around and practically kill myself <laughs> uh, so seeing a tree at the same time I was moving yeah, in right. the car. <laughs> you know, going to older neighborhoods yeah. would be where the bigger trees it's always are. Always where the big ones are, yeah. Mm. And uh, even be, when I was driving, I would go into places where I was really surprised mm-hmm. at the size of trees. They, these were old neighborhoods that I had missed. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of them. I yeah, mean, yeah. Portland's a big place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of remnant trees from like where, like an old farm area that then got developed yeah. and they didn't cut down that, you know, small mm. grove of dug firs or oaks or something. Yeah. Are there any trees in particular that you remember that you were, maybe you found and you didn't know, like you kind of almost discovered, I guess would be a fine term. Mm. You uh, like are specifically proud that you found or something? 
I had a good friend, Stan. He was a tree ID nut. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he could do it. He didn't know much about most things in the world, but he knew a lot about trees. And he was the one who helped on the original book. Mm-hmm. He would say, well, go go over there and look at that tree. He would cruise Portland a, a lot to mm-hmm. find trees. Okay. But he was kind of an idiot-savant. I mean, he knew so much about trees yeah, and so little about anything else. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's how I feel about Casey, I except for the second part. I feel that way about myself, though, all the time. He's, he's, <laughs> very, he's a very well-rounded person, but he's also right. a savant. Just talk to me about trees, and then as soon as you get to something else, I, I slowly bring it back to trees, because it's the only <laughs> yeah. thing I can possibly know about. We made a whole podcast <laughs> about so it, Casey. So far, it's Thanks. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. That is a uh, um, the well the if I uh, will make sure to show everyone this book and have them search it out as I know you can buy them at the Arboretum that's where I got your most recent edition yeah mm. the book idea I was inspired by your book to write mine and a couple of others um, from other kind of mostly I saw gaps and I was like okay I want to do a book like this but for all the all the not as interesting and cool trees because you show the most amazing specimens of all the coolest trees. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, well, okay, well, what about that dumb birch right there? We got we to gotta <laughs> right, include that dumb right. birch too. And that's great <laughs> yeah. because people will want to know, what is this tree I've got in my front yard? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. And uh, they don't know. So a, a book like yours will be a real... Help. Oh, thank you. I'm hoping that it will be. Yeah. He's going to put that on the cover, that, that, <laughs> that poll quote. <laughs> this will be a good help. I think that'll be good. Um, yeah, if I can quote you on the back, maybe I'll do that. Um, okay, thank you. Phyllis, is there, a, is there a book that you never got to write that you think, man, I wish I had written a book on that? Hmm. Oh, good question. No, I, I still would like to write a book about certain aspects of trees, mm-hmm. but... You know, most people could care less about a tree, let alone the certain aspects of it. Sure. I still would like to investigate certain things about trees or plants or something or other that people haven't. Yeah. And I can't be more specific than that mm-hmm. because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just a yeah, little you gotta, inkling you of an idea. Yeah. read into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, if you come up with anything and you want some help, let me know. That's my oh, current yeah. job is literally just doing research on things that I don't know about Yeah, uh, to try to tell people about it. Because um, I think one thing that uh, I have found, and I think Alex, you too, with, uh, with doing the podcast is that people apparently very much do care about these interesting things about trees. I thought that we were starting some, you know, esoteric podcast that not you know maybe a few people would be interested in alex famously thought we were going to make six episodes and then be done and now we're on 140 140 some. Some, really yeah. is that yeah. right yeah, yeah. 140 three and years it's our third year now just this we our anniversary actually i think will be uh the sixth or the seventh so mm-hmm. the famous january 6th uh of, <laughs> yes. um, yeah. 2021 that is our yeah. anniversary date so we remember it every time yeah <laughs> so uh, that is, um, yeah. So I, I think that if you ever, uh, if you do sit down and decide that, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna type some things up or do some research. Um, there are people out there who are really interested in it. It's just that with the age of the internet, everyone yeah. appears as an expert. So yes. anyone can make a video, can put out something, and say, I'm an expert, and yeah. then give you some information. And if, if you are not 
either skilled enough to actually kind of dissect what they're saying or have the background where you say, yeah, that person does have the reputation to know they, they really do know their stuff. Then you can find that they, uh, the, the expert level, the expertness level has gone down, but the amount of information has gone up significantly. But then I've, I have read that 30% of what you get from like, if you Google something Mm -hmm. is wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised by that at that all. That sounds right. Yeah. So people are quoting 30% of the time, whatever they're quoting is not right. You know, that's actually funny that you say that because our podcast is uh, famously, <laughs> like, it's from my experience mostly. And then I, I do my research to make sure I'm getting facts mostly right. But historically, we have ironically, uh, I, think, I think coincidentally, not ironic, um, have always said, yeah, our podcast is about 70% accurate. And then any, every now and then we might say something that just isn't quite 100%. And so I love that you've uh, you called out 30% because that that lines up with what we've uh, we've always said. But yeah. we're we're a casual show. We don't uh, we never have meant to be a uh, hard science. You know, get your PhD based on what I say in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's more like yeah, we've we've done our research and this is it. If you need more information, here's the extra stuff. I uh, actually I corrected you once. You you did? <gasps> did wait, you really? On the wait when we were talking on Don Redwoods. Yeah, you did. You sent an Please email to tell me. Tell us yeah. about this, Phyllis. Yeah. Uh, yes, I remember this email. Actually. Well, it was that you you said there wasn't a 1948 seed in the arboretum mm-hmm. that was collected in China, and there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that it had been sent here. We talked about this in our uh, extra episode. Yeah, I think Becky uh, with the arboretum sent. Yeah, that yeah. I'm sorry, Alex. I, I withheld that from you because I was wow. ashamed. You knew that I would look at you differently. I knew. I knew you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear pod, the podcast regrets the, the podcast error. The podcast regrets the error. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Phyllis. You're Thank right. you for fact-checking us, Phyllis. <laughs> well, thanks very much for sitting down with us and talking for an hour or so. Yeah, really appreciate it. It was fun. All right. Any parting words for anyone? Keep the trees. There you have <laughs> it. Easy as that.